What's up, everyone? It's me, AJ, and you're listening to Housewives Happy Hour with AJ. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I know it's been a while, so I was sick for about a week and a half, and then I had a tooth extracted, and I was just kind of down with that. And uh, so, yeah, it's been kind of, a, I feel like it's been a while, almost a month, uh, or maybe more than a month. Um, but I am back, and I'm ready to talk about all of your favorite tea. Uh, and just so you guys know how dedicated I am, um, I live in a house currently with six dogs, including mine. And um, I'm recording this podcast episode in my car just because I'm that dedicated to y'all. And um, I have been getting a lot more traction on my podcast than I'm used to, as well as on my Instagram. And I'm very grateful for it, but I'm also a little stressed. So bear with me. Uh, so if you're new, welcome. And if you're not new, welcome back. Uh, I can't wait to get into it with y'all. So I'm going to start with Atlanta. Cynthia Bailey has released a statement about her split from her husband, Mike Hill, after two years of marriage. So she confirmed the rumors about her and Mike's divorce in a statement to People. She said, God does not make mistakes. I truly believe in my heart that Mike coming into my life was destiny. I jumped in both feet first and gave it my all. Although that journey has come to an end, I am so grateful for our continued friendship and the beautiful memories that we made together. God willing, I will find love again. Whatever is destined to be will be, and I could not be more excited for my next chapter. I pray my friends, family, and fans will continue to be along for the ride with me in this awesome thing we call life. Thank you for your continued prayers, support, and well wishes. And this comes just after a few days of reports and gossip surrounding Cynthia and Mike's marriage uh, had surfaced online. Fans did notice that something was up between um, Cynthia and Mike from her social media profile where she removed her married name. And the couple then did not publicly acknowledge their second wedding anniversary on October 10th. The Jasmine brand then reported that Cynthia and Mike's marriage was done, noting that the former reality TV couple has been separated for a while but are amicable. What's really weird to me is I just, I was not expecting that. I feel like it came out of left field. Um, and I know not all marriage is perfect. I just really thought that Cynthia had found her forever person. I enjoyed watching her and Mike on camera. She hasn't really yet talked about what um, what it really was that led to them being separated and, and, and now eventually divorced. So I'm sure maybe she'll open it up about it sometime. But I personally was really shocked because I actually thought that they were, you know, I, I mean, I know we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but I really thought that they were good together. Moving on from that, former Real Housewife of Atlanta, Kim Zolciak-Bierman, is clapping back at her haters, denying reports that her $2.5 million Georgia home was auctioned off for $257,000 after falling into foreclosure. She said in a uh, video on her Instagram story that um, she said, my house was not sold for $257,000. If you guys think that I would let my home that we put in Millions and millions of dollars into go for $257,000. You're an idiot, okay? For real. She insists that she will not be leaving her home until she decides to do so. She said, so what are you going to do, haters, when I'm here for Christmas and I'm here for my birthday and I'm here for all those amazing dates? I'm here until I fucking want to move out, till I decide I don't want to live here anymore. 
So enjoy the view, haters, because you're going to be seeing it for quite some time. So it was previously reported that her home allegedly sold at an auction for 257 k on November 1st. And this comes after a notice of sale under power was filed. Kim and Croy allegedly failed to pay back a $300,000 loan taken on the property in December 2013. This loan was the couple's second mortgage on the property. They acquired a $1.65 million mortgage in November 2012. That first mortgage seems to be up to date per county records. It's unclear why the couple is paying their first and larger mortgage, but not their second. And per page six, Kim's home did fall into foreclosure, but according to records, the debt was settled in October. Kim and Croy's home is valued at $2.5 million. The home sits on Manor Golf and Country Club and has five bedrooms and six and a half bathrooms, almost 7,000 square feet of living space. Definitely incredible. Um, I mean, yeah, this is all just public records. So I think maybe people were kind of jumping to conclusions a little bit. Don't really know for sure, but I just thought interesting to share. Moving on over to Beverly Hills, there is a lot to share, but I want to start with something in particular. I was listening to Two T's in a Pod a couple weeks ago, and Teddy gave her opinion on who she believes should return for the upcoming 13th season of Beverly Hills. She says, and I quote, I think they should bring back Brandy and me and hell, even Denise, if she will stop with her bravo, bravo, fucking bravo and actually show up to work. So why does Teddy think that she, Brandy, and Denise would add value to Beverly Hills cast for season 13? According to Teddy, she said, After BravoCon, a lot of relationships have shifted, and adding those shifts would be juicy. Plus, I want to see some fun again. Teddy also thinks Bravo will kick newbie Diana to the curb. She said, My guess is we won't see Diana again. Um, A lot of people are saying... Well, okay, first of all, let's just talk about this. So... I think I can speak for the entire fandom when I say, and I really don't want to like trash Teddy because I just, I, I don't want to turn this into a whole trash Teddy podcast or whatever, but I truthfully, I truly believe that Teddy should not be back on the show. I, as, as from what I see on Beverly Hills, I do not feel like she represents Beverly Hills in a way that Beverly Hills needs to be represented. But I do agree with her that fun needs to happen. So I will say bring back Brandy because she is a lot more lighthearted and fun, even though she can get really messy. And I think I think for me, I like my housewives messy. I think the messiness can be fun to an extent. Um, so I will say that. And as far as Denise, like I'm open to it. I agree with Teddy in that sense where she says if she's not going to do the whole bravo, bravo, fucking bravo, which I think she's starting to realize not being on the show now that it's a really easy job for somebody like her who's already in this business. All she has to do is just speak her truth. And I think that if she has something to hide or wants to hide something or control a certain story, then it's not for her. But, you know, she keeps saying in the press that she would love to come back and she says all these things. So, I mean, bring her back. Like, if that's what she wants and if she's going to bring it, then I would say bring her back. I'm open to that. But it's an it's a no for me on Teddy, guys. I, I, I'm sorry if there's any Teddy lovers out there, but I just don't feel like she really added any value to Beverly Hills. And I'm being honest with, when I say that because I know a lot of people would probably have a lot meaner things to say. I just do not feel like she has added anything to Beverly Hills um, it, you know, besides being true friends with Kyle, uh, I don't really feel like she's, you know, I, I, I don't see a connection with her in any of the group. I really just don't. So I do have a recent interview that Mauricio did with Us Weekly. I'm assuming this was at his 
premiere for the Buying Beverly Hills show, which I did watch and I thought it was great. Um, he was opening up about supporting his wife, Kyle, amid her current feud with Kathy. And he said it was really hard to watch. He said, I know a lot of the stuff that's going on in the background, which isn't exactly what's being put out there. Being supportive of Kyle, I think Kyle's 100% in the right here without question. And he confessed that he wishes the family drama that played out during season 12 could have been handled behind closed doors instead of in front of the TV cameras. He said, I think it's sad the way that it's being portrayed, the way it's being revealed um, and, and received and what's going on. But Kyle's so strong and she's such a good person that she's not even out there really trying to defend herself too much. And she's just taking it in the chin like the strong person that she is. I agree. I haven't really seen much um, out there that Kyle has done. She hasn't really done much interviews. She's been very quiet about the whole situation. It is very sad. So I, I do agree with Mauricio to an extent. Speaking of Kyle staying out of it, she did appear on the October 28th episode of Teddy's podcast with Tamara, Two T's and a Pod. During that interview, Kyle shared her feelings about Kathy and her daughter Paris, liking and sharing not-so-nice posts about her on social media. Kathy recently liked a post on Instagram that said that Kyle would do anything for money. The comment also claimed that Kyle was the mastermind behind Lisa Rinna's attack on Kathy. Kyle called her family liking nasty comments about her a double standard. She said, I have blood family liking mean tweets about me, liking tweets saying that I should be fired off the show, fired of the show I've been on for 12 years, that I brought my sister in to have fun with her. I'm like, what? What is this? Why is there a double standard? So you know that's not, I don't think people are noticing that. And then Teddy chimed in saying, I mean, and Kathy also liked the tweet and I hate, I'm sorry, but like she liked the tweet. Kyle explained that Kathy claims she liked the comment by accident. She said, I would never do that. So I'm going to tell you about that. When I first saw that, I said, I thought she tweeted that. And I said, someone must have hacked her. She would never do this. She would never do that. I sent it to her and she said, I liked that by accident. And Teddy wasn't buying it. She said, well, just like she didn't actually get Lisa Rinna's texts. Then Andy pulled them up at the reunion. Kyle also said, well, I'm just telling you, she said she had liked it by accident. Um, you know, even Kim will tell you, you know, that being on Housewives helped her. And, you know, I'm not going to go back in time. You cannot understand family dynamics. You can think you do because you've watched the show. You have no idea what happens behind closed doors. You have no idea of the history. I'm not about to come and explain the history to everybody to make my life more complicated. So if I have to have people hate me for thinking a certain thing, I'll take it. I'd rather have people that don't know me think I'm an asshole than deal with more problems with my own blood by speaking up. Hey, you know, I will have my husband say, why didn't you speak up and say this? Because it will make it worse. It could be one month of not talking or 10 years. So what's better for me? I, I mean, I like her attitude about it. I just, I still think it's sad and unfortunate. And do I think that Kathy probably liked that tweet by accident? Probably. I mean, <laughs> such a sad excuse to say, oh, I liked it by accident. I mean, it's kind of sad, but um, it could also very well be somebody, a part of her team. I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past her, but I don't know. So after the last part of the Beverly Hills reunion aired, a lot of fans were wondering what happened to Rinna's receipts that she was seen bringing out to the stage at the beginning of the reunion. And she actually did post a picture before the reunion saying Aspen receipts, and it was like a folder. And so a lot of fans were wondering what happened to the folder. None of the receipts were shown. And so Andy, on a recent episode of his XM radio show, Andy Cohen Live, he revealed that Lisa's envelope contained receipts relating to the Elton John's AIDS Foundation ticket snafu. 
Um, he said, we just wound up cutting it all out. There were a lot of decisions made in the edit to cut down many conversations. We had a lot to get into three episodes. If the reunion had been any longer, I feel like everyone would have complained that it was too long. But now people are complaining. Why didn't you take talk about this more? Why didn't you talk about that more? This explanation from Andy came just days after Lisa claimed in a DM to a Beverly Hills fan that Bravo cut all the scenes showing her receipts. She said they edited it out. I used them. I had them out. Andy looked at them. It was a whole thing cut right out. So clearly it wasn't really that important if it was cut out because I think that they showed pretty much everything. I I, I was hearing that... Um, oh, I, have, I actually have the notes here. I will pull them up. So on an Instagram story for Rena, she said, I had two envelopes, not one, and they were filled with receipts. And my bum looks good here. And it's like a... a picture of her with the three envelopes, um, or I'm sorry, with the two envelopes at the reunion. Then in a video, she elaborated saying, I had two envelopes. One had receipts from two text chains. One, I was texting with Erica because she asked where I was and what had happened to me. And Kyle was there with her. So she knew exactly what was happening at the house and what had just gone down. The other was a text chain with my assistant and one of my best friends. They were asleep, so I couldn't reach them. So I was telling them exactly what had just happened in that house. It was eight pages long once I printed it all out, trying to figure out what the fuck to do. There you have it. Two envelopes, just keeping it real. She also claims that Bravo didn't show a lot about her mom, uh, Rena, uh, Lois Rinna's passing, because they didn't want her to get any sympathy from fans. I don't really believe that. I feel like they showed pretty much... I mean, I, I don't know what else they should have. They could have shown. I, I, unless there was some unforeseen footage that we just don't know about. I mean, I think that we saw... A good amount of her passing, but I don't know. So circling back to Kyle being on Teddy's podcast just a few weeks ago, I was listening, I will say, I mean, I listen to their podcast all the time, but I was particularly listening to this podcast, kind of, I wanted to know the answer to this this question that I'm, I'm about to bring up. So uh, we will get into basically what, what else was discussed. So to start, Teddy and Kyle both discussed Kathy's recent ultimatum that she would only return to season 13 if Rena and Erica were not a part of the cast. And Kyle said, I don't know who is coming back or who is not. I do know that anytime a cast member has said, I don't want to do the show with so-and-so, that doesn't work. That doesn't happen. Um, maybe she doesn't realize that, but that doesn't work. The more you don't want someone on the show, the more producers are going to want them on. So that just doesn't fly. Bravo makes their own decisions. And then Teddy brought up, uh, newbie Diana and asked if she was a one and done. And Kyle said, I don't know. I have no idea. Teddy said that the blind gossip is throwing her for a loop now that Diana is back to hanging out with Lisa and Erica. Kyle notes that those three are friends and even went to Hawaii together. Kyle brings up Diana missing the reunion because she was sick, but took the time to get glam. Kyle defended Diana saying, if you're going to do the reunion, um, you're going to have glam, even if you're sick. And then Kyle insists that Diana was very, very sick. She said she was very, very sick, like a lung infection. Honestly, she was. I asked people behind the scenes, and she was really genuinely very sick. When asked if Diana had COVID, Kyle said, I think she had it and had a lasting infection or something like that. Her baby had it too. And Kyle said, I asked the question to the behind the scenes people, and that's what I was told. Because Teddy was almost like she didn't believe her. Um, meanwhile, they also discussed the current status of the Fox Force 5, which I, I wanted to know, uh, which consists of Kyle, Teddy... Lisa, Erica, and Dorit. And Teddy admits that the Fox Force 5 have not been corresponding since BravoCon and asks Kyle, 
who are you still talking to? And she said, um, that's a loaded question these days. You're an asshole. I came on here as a favor to you is what she was joking. And she finally answered the question by saying, sorry, I'm trying to find the response. Here we go. I'm not not talking to anyone. Things are just different right now. They have been that way for a while, I would say. Excuse me. I think people can connect the dots. I've had to step away, not only from the show, but from watching and engaging in anything connected to the show because I was struggling with my anxiety. I just knew it was in my best interest. Um, so basically, if you read into this a little bit more, because when I was listening, I kind of got a, a vibe from her voice. Um, I'm sure she probably talks to Dorit because she's really close with Dorit. But I will say that I, I could definitely see how her relationship with Rinna and Erica could be very different now. Only because I feel like Rinna and Erica took a clear stand against her, um, her sister. And for me, that would be an uncomfortable situation. And I'm sure for a lot of people, that would be an uncomfortable situation. You have your, your close friend group. This is a close friend group for Kyle. It really is. And then you have your sister who you already have kind of a strained relationship with that you have now brought into the show, into this mix, and who is not well-liked by most of the cast now at this point. And I think you're trying to protect your family, but also take care of your own mental health. So if I was in Kyle's position, I for sure would take a step back from that friend group. I would want to to take a break from them immediately. Um, it's going to be an awkward season for next season if all, five of, um, all four of them are back. So... We'll cross that bridge when we get there. I don't know what that's going to look like, but it will be interesting for sure. So, so far, this is the only update with Diana's um, legal investigation behind the for on the person behind the bot attack against Garcelle's son, Jax. So after reviewing data obtained under subpoena by, by Meta, Diana's attorneys have linked an IP address and phone number from Northern California to an Instagram account that sent racist messages to Jax. The IP address and phone number are connected to the Queen of the T underscore Instagram account, which has since been deleted. Um, other records from Meta show IP addresses linked to overseas accounts, which is a sign that some users worked hard to hide their identity, unlike Queen of the T. Uh, Radar Online said Diana is absolutely thrilled by this news. She cannot wait to get concrete proof so that the person behind the attack can be identified publicly and held accountable for their despicable conduct. Diana isn't stopping there, though. She has instructed her attorneys to follow up with additional subpoenas to further confirm the individual who is paying for the internet and telephone service tied to the account. Garcelle has yet to comment on this news. I, It's still, because just from the vibe that we got from Garcelle, because she just doesn't want to talk about Diana anymore and doesn't want to... the. And I love Garcelle. I mean, I'm, I was rooting for her this season. I, I still am rooting for her. But I almost, it's kind of crazy to me that she thinks that Diana could be behind this when she's got all of her lawyers. I, I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too much because it's just kind of nuts and I feel like we've already talked about it. But all I can say is that I, you know, I, I think it's pretty great that Diana is still going forth with this investigation. It really is a put your money where your mouth is type of thing. And I think that she's really trying to figure out what what had happened. I mean, who who attacked her son? Who who like went on Instagram and said all these horrible things? It's really kind of sad. So as far as casting rumors for Beverly Hills season thirteen, there's lots of things floating around over Instagram, Twitter, all that. 
Multiple multiple reports are claiming that Bravo is giving Beverly Hills Housewives a break from filming for the rest of 2022 and perhaps well into 2023. Queens of Bravo reported, unlike last year when cameras were rolling by October, we're hearing that production is tentatively looking to gear up in late January 2023. They also noted nothing is official yet, so we're writing this in pencil. Um, meanwhile, Des Moines reported that Beverly Hills is getting a long pause, just like the original New York City cast. So I highly doubt they know who is coming back yet. First of all, I did post this on my Instagram a few weeks ago. I think this is so interesting because I know that this season was completely heavy, but it was also the highest rated season to date, which is really insane if you think about it, because we're going on a 12 year run and that's rare for a housewife show to be on an upward trend like that, and then suddenly just break free with with ratings and be so high. And um, part of it, I think, is not only because of the cast and everything that's going on, but just, you know, the, the popularity is really growing. I mean, everybody was talking last year about, or not last year, but this past season, about everything that was going on with Kathy and Tequila Gate and all this stuff, like... It was it was being talked about on radio shows with with celebrities that we didn't even know were watching the show. Fucking John Hamm. I mean, what is that? You got all these people talking about Beverly Hills and they're waiting until January 2023, which I think is really just kind of weird. I don't know if they're just taking a break because of the holidays or what, but I definitely think it's interesting that that's floating around now. And it's kind of sad because to me, Beverly Hills is on such a high um, in terms of ratings. I'm not talking about cast but I feel like there shouldn't be a break. There should just be, you know, it sh- the show should move forward in a positive direction in my eyes, but I, I'm not a producer. So the word on the street for Beverly Hills that was actually posted by Radar Online is that Diana Jenkins and Crystal Minkoff are both on the chopping block. And the insider that spoke with Us Weekly also added that Bravo is also on the fence about Rena and Kathy Hilton. So... The source explained they're leaning towards bringing back Kathy again as a friend because she's a fan favorite, but they're conflicted because Lisa is the show's antagonist and that is a critical role. They are also taking the fan backlash surrounding Lisa into consideration. Um, This is important to note, by the way. Um, I really, I mean, I didn't see a lot of positivity surrounding Rena at BravoCon and I and when I say that I mean like the energy around Rinna was not very positive. And if I was working for Bravo and that was like or Evolution whatever, and that was my like that was my job to to take into consideration that that is like it's it was crazy because it's like I wish I could explain it to you guys, but there wasn't a single person that I had met at BravoCon that was so pro Rinna. And there was a lot of love for Kathy. And I know that a lot of people are, and I, I'm, I'm after finishing the show and watching the rest of the show, I will say I am still kind of in the middle with it. I definitely, I don't think that Kathy is 100% innocent in the whole situation. However, I will say that the, the energy towards Rena is like palpable. It's like, I can't even explain it, guys. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there that just don't like Rena anymore, but being in a room like BravoCon, that capacity, and seeing all the people that potentially, you know, are are, are what the opinions that are being taken into consideration, I truly feel like they're going to lean towards firing her, uh, or at least bringing her down to a friend role. I don't, I don't know if that would be wise or not, but I, I think 
it would be cool to put her on pause like like a Dorinda. I mean, to be honest, I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't because I know Dorinda from New York was put on pause. I don't know what else Rena could do to be put on pause because after that season, I think she went a little too hard, too much. So um, I think a pause would be a great idea. With that being said, the insider also claims that producers are considering bringing back two former Beverly Hills housewives. They There have also been talks about bringing back Brandy Glanville and Lisa Vanderpump. However, a final decision has yet to be made. Despite these claims, Radar Online reports that no casting decisions have been made. Producers will be making some decisions about season 13 around Thanksgiving. Production could begin in January, but even that is still up in the air. And sources confirm that the Beverly Hills cast and producers need a break after a hard season. So when when I read the stuff like that cast and producers need a break, first of all, producers do not need a break, okay? This is their job. This is what they do for a living. They do not need a break. Um, also, longtime producer Alex Baskin uh, was reported that he was going, and I, I reported this on here, that he was going to be leaving the show. So I do think that part of the reason that there is a gap right now is because they are in the middle of changing, like, major producers on the show. I mean, Alex Baskin was a producer on Beverly Hills for a very long time. And um, I, I'm sure whoever else is going to come in is is very, you know, is going to want a different show. They're going to want to do things a little differently. They're not going to want to do the same things. So that's definitely going to affect casting. And a lot of people's jobs are probably going to be up in the air. So I, I do think that that's probably a, a reason why. I will say, um, I already gave my opinion on Brandy coming back. So I have said in the past that I don't know about Vanderpump coming back on the show just because I like her more on Vanderpump Rules. However, if we're talking about, you know, the reason why Vanderpump left in the first place was she was basically getting accused of leaking stuff to Radar Online or, or, or various media outlets. If she's going to come back on the show and do that sort of thing, then obviously we don't want that. We don't want someone who's a, a producer in itself. And I think maybe because... Vanderpump had been on for so long, she did start producing the show a little bit herself because that was kind of, that's kind of what they do if they've been on for a long time. It, it gets to a point where they start producing themselves. So if we're going to get that Lisa, probably not the best thing for her to be back, but I don't know. I mean, at this point, I'm kind of open to anything. I think, I think shaking up the cast would be perfect. It would give us a fresh, you know, feeling for season 13 I'd like to see some friendships mended. I mean, I'd like to see some fun. I think Vanderpump is so fun. I, I love her money. I think Brandy's fun. I think she's messy. I'm honestly like, I'm game for anything at this point, you guys. I just don't think Teddy would be a good fit. I'm even, I'm even like, think Heather Dubrow. Because now there's talk about Heather Dubrow coming on to Orange, from Orange County to Beverly Hills because she sold her Orange County home and now she's living in a penthouse in Beverly Hills. I even think that would be great. I mean, honestly, I'm open to anything at this point. And to close off Beverly Hills, I'm going to share. Uh, Rinna revealed her biggest regret from her eight years on Beverly Hills over the weekend. She confessed on her Instagram that her biggest regret on Beverly Hills was the Munchausen drama with Yolanda. She said, someone just asked me if I have any regrets from the last eight years on the show. And she said, only one, Yolanda. I would change that. That was very wrong on all levels. That should have never happened. Everything else I own and would probably not change, which is very interesting. I mean, that's definitely one of the bad things um, 
that she did. But I, I just feel like looking back, the whole situation with her and Kim um, was a lot. And I'm surprised that she doesn't have any regrets on that. Or at least any, like, you know, not regret, but like that she feels bad. Because <laughs> I feel like she treated Kim like shit for so many years. And that kind of gets brushed under the rug a lot, too. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> All right, so moving on over to Jersey. So I did share the last podcast episode, everything that went down between the Gorgas and Jennifer at BravoCon with the throwing drink uh, situation. So in a new interview with Us Weekly, um, Margaret and Jackie open up about their disappointment in Jennifer for tossing a drink at the Gorgas. Jackie explained, I'm not shocked that Jennifer Aiden threw a drink. I was shocked that it happened at BravoCon because I feel like that should be about the fans. Uh, she said, we're not filming the show. You don't have to get dirty. So, you know, I think it's unfortunate. I wish it didn't happen because I think it reflects poorly on the Jersey cast. But I would hope that the rest of the time, everybody just had fun. Margaret agreed, saying that she let it get to a level... Um, that she let it get to that level was a disappointment. And I think the words that she threw around that she was a victim, she was alone. It was a very crowded lobby. That's a dangerous rhetoric to put out there. So I don't agree with it. I think words are very different than physical action. Things happen on camera. I mean, I've been known to throw a drink, but that is on camera. And when we're not in the general public, this was a positive experience. Um, okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> When I read this, initially, I was like, okay, you know, that's their opinion. And then when I thought about it, I was like, you know, that's really kind of unfortunate that just because they're close friends with the Gorgas that they would take this stand against Jennifer in a situation that, one, they have no idea about. Um, they're reading it just like us. They were not there. They were not physically there. And um, with the video, as well as the proof that we now have on the situation, for them to sit here and say it probably would have been okay if she had thrown the drink when we're on camera, like they said they have done. Um, that to me is horrible. Um, because that just shows that when they throw drinks or throw husbands in the pool or whatever, that shows that they're not being their authentic selves. So that I did not like, because for me, I look back at these wonderful moments that we've had on Jersey that are iconic, that are maybe very planned out and very not iconic now to me. <laughs> um, I have interviewed Margaret, by the way, and I, I, you know, not to be all, not to like sound all, you know, cocky or whatever, but um, I was a little disappointed to hear her say this and for Jackie to say this too, um, that, that it, you know, like they're not filming. So in the context of a crowded hotel lobby, she shouldn't have thrown a drink. I don't think that is the right way to, to, you know, categorize the situation. I don't, I don't think so. Um, from what we know and from what we've seen, the Gorgas, let's just say, because they were both together, the Gorgas made a rude comment to Jennifer and she felt that she needed to protect herself, whatever that may be. Throwing a cup of water in their direction, to me, is not a threat. I don't know. I mean, she just obviously got angry. Um, to me, it's kind of stupid you know, I, it's kind of stupid to talk about. I mean, I don't want to necessarily like, I don't, I don't necessarily want to defend throwing a drink of water because that's kind of stupid. But I will say that the, the interview that Margaret and Jackie did where they 
you know, give their opinion on the situation is really kind of dumb, in my opinion. <laughs> All right, so speaking of the Gorgas, I don't really know how much of a credible source Kim D is. However, she was on a recent episode of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast with my friend David Yontef, where she dished some dirt on the upcoming season of Jersey. She said, the Gorgas were like the Teflon Don. Anything that was said about the Gorgas rolled right off of everything. Now it's starting to stick. She also said, it's all over. I have people DMing me. She then discussed Teresa's recent interview on her Namaste Bitches podcast, where she said, that's not my brother. Like, I don't know who he is now. Like, what kind of character he's trying to play. That's what Teresa said. Kim says Joe's statement at BravoCon claiming his stand-up comedy career will last longer than Teresa and Louis' marriage hit um, Teresa and Louis hard before adding that the relationship between the Gorgas and Teresa and Louis is only getting worse. She added that Joe's dig at Teresa and Louis' marriage was the icing on the cake. She also went on to say, I'm wondering what the Wakilis think because the Gorgas dumped the Wakilis, threw them away like a stale crust of bread. I have to find out from Kathy and Richie, like, are they saying... Finally, the truth is about the Gorgas. I mean, it should be interesting. David noted, if the Gorgas get kicked off the show, do you think they will reconcile with the Wakilis? And Kim said, I think that they will try. I don't know if the Wakilis will it. The Wakilis are really disgusted with them, even more than Teresa. They are disgusted. David also then said, do you think the Gorgas are going to go on an apology tour? And Kim said, 1,000% apology tour. I think they are going to be shocked that finally everything hit them because everything is going to come out, including the kitchen sink. People are going, people are all going to jump on this bandwagon. Everything is finally going to come out. All the stuff that, that, I, that I've said throughout the years, then I said, you know what? I'm not even saying it anymore. It's not even worth it because no one does anything about it. She elaborated on that, saying, when I owned the original Posh in Wayne, Joe's best man and best friend came in and told me that him and Joe were no longer friends. This was a very long friendship that ended because Joe supposedly used to use this guy's credit card. This was like before they were on the show because Joe's credit was bad. Joe would always use the credit card like when they went on vacation because you need a credit card. One time, Joe ran up a $10,000 bill and he wasn't paying it. So the friend is like, Joe, I can't afford this $10,000. And Joe didn't pay it. The best friend then asked Joe, how do you sleep at night? And Joe replied, like a baby. That's the kind of stories I would get at the original Posh. She said it was all swept under the carpet. So now we will see what happens. I don't wish anything bad on anyone. Kim also claimed that the Gorgas were always trying to outdo the Judices and so forth. She said, like, when are you satisfied? You love your husband, you're happy, and you have healthy kids. Why is there always this deep, dark hole that constantly needs to be filled? Why? You always need bigger, better, you need more. Why? So some of what she's saying I don't really know, and I think it's because we don't really know any of this stuff. We've never heard it before. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes out this next season on the Gorgas. Um, I think she had an interesting point about the Wakilis, by the way, Kathy and Rich from Seasons Past of Jersey. I've always kind of wondered, because they haven't really they haven't really talked about it, or it was never really in the press, what what had happened between them. I know that, you know, like, the Gorgas claimed that they just got busy with the show, and, and they didn't, they, they lost touch with them. And I don't know, I mean, they kind of claimed that they were trying to make do with Teresa, and they weren't really, they didn't want to be in this whole mix of, you know, being close with them if they wanted to be close with Teresa. I don't really know what's true and what's not true. I'd love to hear from Kathy Wakili and Rich Wakili. I'd love to hear their point of view on everything, but I, I don't, don't know if that's still possible. Um, it's, 
I don't know. I've always I've always heard stuff about the Gorgas, but I don't know what's true and what's not. So I guess we're going to have to save it for what comes out on the show. So I do have a recent interview that Joe Gorga did uh, on, um, it's called The Chicks in the Office podcast with Frank Catania. And he alleged that Jennifer Aiden lied about their now infamous showdown at BravoCon. Uh, he said, whatever you heard Jennifer's assistant say, it was all lies. Uh, um, you know, so we now know in October, Jennifer's assist- assistant claimed on TikTok that Jen tossed a cup of water on Joe after he alleged ca- allegedly called her a dirty, fucking dirty bitch. Um, yet Joe insists that Jennifer was the instigator. He said, the story is out there that she threw a drink on me and I was saying these vulgar things to her. No. First of all, I was 50 feet away with my wife. Jennifer likes to dig a lot and she gets involved in my family business. Joe did admit that his wife, Melissa, did say something to Jennifer that was the catalyst for the drink-tossing showdown. Melissa previously confessed that she told her co-star Jen, keep moving, wannabe, come on, loser, just keep walking, there's the elevator, after Jennifer gave her a snarky stare. After Melissa and Jennifer exchanged words, Joe said he expected the confrontation to stay between the women, but adds that Jennifer is not like that. He said, if you watched her on the show through the years. She drinks a lot. She's violent. She throws things. She breaks glasses. She wants to stab you with it. She throws knives. I mean, this is who she is. She's crazy. Picture her in real life. That's editing. He claimed that Jennifer is out of her mind before clarifying that her drink was never thrown at him, but instead at his assistant. She was out of control to the point where it was embarrassing, yelling at the top of her lungs like a maniac. Meanwhile, during the same interview, Joe also claims insisted that Jennifer fuels the fire when it comes to his and Melissa's family issues with her sister, with his sister, Teresa. I just, oh my gosh, I just can't wrap my head around this whole feud. It's so crazy. I, I don't know. I just, I truly feel in my heart of hearts that Jennifer didn't instigate that fight. Who really knows? Um, I mean, Melissa did admit that she was the one who said something to begin with, but she didn't expect... Listen, do I believe that Joe Gorga called her a dirty fucking bitch? Yes. <laughs> Sounds like something you would say. Um, I don't know, guys. It's so... I mean... Jesus. It's definitely going to carry into the reunion, for sure. And to close off with Jersey, um, we... Uh, I mean, we know that there's friction going on in the family, and it seems that Melania and Gia have unfollowed their aunt and uncle, Melissa and Joe, on Instagram. And Gia did tease that that the upcoming season of Jersey is eye-opening. She did an interview with Hollywood Life where she said, I honestly think it was more of an eye-opening season. It kind of just like made everyone realize what's happening and how we're going to move forward. I think basically we're just kind of speaking our truth. She said, I always reach out to my cousins. I love them dearly. And I really hope that whatever happens between our parents doesn't affect our relationship. I still text my uncle, like, for his birthday and, like, holidays, but we're not really, like, in communication, no. And she spoke to Us Weekly, where she added that she reaches out to her uncle on special holidays, like, for respect. And she said, I'm also just trying to be the bigger person. Um, I did text him for his birthday. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a sad situation. I, I guess we won't really know until we see what happens on on camera. I can't. I honestly can't wait to see what happens, to be honest. So, moving on over to Roni, according to page six, Bravo has cherry-picked former Roni stars Jill Zarin, Kelly Ben Simone, Dorinda Medley, Luann Deliceps, and Sonia Morgan to make up the cast of the Roni Legacy spinoff show. 
And there are also a one or two more housewives Bravo plans to add to the cast. But uh, Ramona is noticeably missing from that lineup. And she did reveal uh, via page six that after 13 seasons on Roni, she will not be returning. She said, I do not want to do the show any longer. It is not for me at this time. Um, Sources tell... Um, page six that Bravo did not give Ramona an opportunity to return for season 14 of Roni, which will feature a completely new revamped cast. Ramona was reportedly also not offered a spot on the upcoming spinoff show Roni Legacy. And um, honestly, guys, like I'm not shocked. I mean, like I, I know there's a lot of people out there that are super like sad about the news, but I'm I'm kind of done with Ramona. Like I'm I feel like we've gotten a great break from her and I don't really I don't know that we need her. I mean, a lot of people would disagree, but I just, I'm kind of for, at least for me, like, I just think that it's, you know, it, there's nothing there anymore. There's nothing really to, I don't know. Um, so yeah, I mean, it turns out the Bravo fans of New York weren't the only ones that were surprised, um, that, um, that she wasn't returning. I mean, Andy spoke out about the exit and said that, um, well, first of all, Ramona's announcement came nearly a month after Bravo revealed the rebooted cast for season 14 of Roni at BravoCon. The new Roni cast doesn't currently include any former stars, but we do have the legacy. And Andy joked on a recent episode of his radio show, Radio Andy. It's interesting. It's one of those hilarious things of the internet, which is every time it was mentioned, it was, please no Ramona. You go on Twitter, get rid of Ramona. But the second Ramona announces she's leaving, no, Ramona's a legend. Like, it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, and he also praised Ramona for giving Roni over a decade of incredible television. He also said, um, I had a great conversation with her about this a few weeks ago, and she was, I think she's a very bullish on what is going on in her life right now, and I'm going to leave it right there. So I thought that was interesting. Um, also, I just want to point out that Andy recently commented on, uh, he, he clarified why he told Page Six that he was shocked by Bethany Frankel's new Real Housewives podcast titled Rewives, and this is a separate thing. He said that he now admits that he was shocked by Bethany's new podcast since she spent the last few years trashing Real Housewives. He said, I was surprised at that because she's been trashing the show for the last three years. So I was like, she's been talking about that. It's toxic and it's this and every bad thing you can think she has been quoted saying about the show. And now she's doing a Housewives recap podcast. I see her quotes, especially when they are negative about the show. So that's why I was surprised. You know what's funny is I actually started listening to it because I was like, oh my gosh, the first episode was with Elizabeth Moss, who is June on The Handmaid's Tale. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Like, I want to listen to that. And Bethany was talking the whole fucking time and she didn't even let Elizabeth talk hardly at all. And I was kind of like, they were talking about the Scary Island episode of New York. And I was like, I don't know, this is kind of boring. Like, I don't really care. Um, now... It would be kind of cool to hear her do a recap podcast where she literally watched all the Housewives shows and did a recap. Because I'd love to hear her opinion on Potomac. I'd love to hear her opinion on Miami. I'd love to, on all these new shows, I'd love to hear her opinion on that. But um, I'm not really interested in hearing her talk about these past episodes. Uh, as much as I thought I was going to be, I'm not. So, and yeah, Ramona, I've already said, I, I just feel like, um, uh, you know, it we needed a, a break and the break for me realized that we, I don't really feel like we need her, but that's just, I mean, I know don't come for me y'all. Please don't come for me. 
So something interesting happened just a few days ago, and if you haven't already heard, Bravo has already lost one of its new cast members for Real Housewives of New York City. So Lizzie Savetsky, a digital influencer who hosts an Instagram show that helps Jewish singles, <laughs> Jewish singles, <laughs> Jewish singles find love, announced that she will not be continuing on the show with Saida Da Silva, Uba Hassan, Aaron Dana Lishi. Did I say that right? Lichy? Licky? I don't know. Jenna Lyons. Jessel Tank and Bryn Whitfield. Her reason? Lizzie Savetsky says she's been the target of anti-Semitic attacks since her casting was announced during the BravoCon festivities in October. She said, I will not be continuing on The Real Housewives of New York City. She wrote in a statement on Instagram, as a proud Orthodox Jewish woman, I thought participating in this series would be a great chance to represent people like me and share my experience. Unfortunately, from the time of my announcement in the cast, I was on the receiving end of a torrent of anti-Semitic attacks. As this continued, I realized that this path was no longer right for me and my family. I'm looking forward to my next chapter. Stay tuned and thank you all for your support. All my love. A Bravo spokesperson told Entertainment Weekly, after thoughtful consideration and discussion with Lizzie, we have reached the mutual, mutual conclusion that Lizzie will not be cast will not be a cast member on Roni. Um... I thought this was so sad. I mean, to hear that this, I don't know. I mean, I just think that's real. I, I thought that's really sad. Um, I mean, it's horrible. I just, with everything that's going on in the world and you know, you got I, like, what is wrong with people out there? Like they, there's some people out there who don't even know her, who are already judging her just because she's Jewish. It's just, honestly, it's like sickening to me, you guys. And it's like, just, I don't know. I mean, what has the world come to? Like, I, I feel like she, you know, she wasn't even given a chance. She hasn't, we didn't even get to see her on camera yet. We don't even know who she is. I mean, at least I don't. I mean, it might be some people out there who already know who she is, but I physically do not know who she is. And I don't care that she's Jewish. I don't care if she's black, white, yellow, red, green, purple. I don't care. Um, I was just excited to have a, a whole new group of women, a, new, a group of diverse women, I might add, to represent New York. I mean, I was really excited and it's already not off to a great start, and um, I think that we all need to just take a seat, calm down, and let Bravo do their work, and we need to trust the process. <laughs> well, my friends, with that being said, we have reached the end of the Ultimate Breakdown. I hope you enjoyed it. So here is your Flash filming update. Atlanta is currently filming for their next uh, 15th season. Is it 15th or 14th? Something like that. Beverly Hills has not yet begun filming for season 13. I will let you guys know when I hear a more concrete update on that. Miami will be streaming on Peacock December 8th, I believe. Let me check my calendar. I need to be more prepared for these things. Um, no, actually, it would be December 5th, um, right? No, oh my gosh, it's December 8th. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Miami will be streaming on Peacock starting December 8th, and I believe the first three or four episodes will be streaming on the 8th. So look out for that. Real Housewives of New Jersey is allegedly going to be premiering in February. That's just what's floating around the internet so far. So I will let you guys know when I have a concrete date. But the upcoming season of Jersey is um, rumored to be coming out in February of 2023. Uh, Roni does not yet have a premiere date. I'm, obviously, I'm assuming it's going to be next year, um, sometime maybe later in the year. And then we have Orange County. We don't yet have a premiere date. I assume it will air somewhere near Jersey just because it just finished filming. Potomac is currently still airing on Sundays. Salt Lake City is currently still airing on Wednesdays. 
Real Housewives of Dubai does not yet have a second season pickup. I will let you guys know if I hear anything more about that. Vanderpump Rules, I believe, will be starting sometime in February. Um, it will be, I think, on Wednesday nights. I don't yet have a concrete date on that. Uh, Summer House should be coming out soon. We have Winter House that's still airing on Thursday nights. I don't have an update yet on Southern Charm. I will let you guys know if I... I'll post that on my Instagram. And uh, Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 3 will be premiering early 2023, and I will let you guys know when I have a concrete date for that. Uh, we do have a few new Below Decks coming out. Uh, starting next week, we will have Below Deck uh, with Captain Lee back on, our boat daddy. Uh, and you guys should watch the new Below Deck adventure. I started watching it, and it is really good. So um, I like seeing the difference in climate, because there's a lot more... You know, it's, you know, it's the first time they've ever done it in cold water. So I think that it would be interesting to see how the crew manages to keep the guests entertained in cold water. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in and I will talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe so you know when I drop a new episode. Follow me on Instagram at Housewives Happy Hour for updates on the podcast and the latest news regarding all things Housewives. Until next time, this was Housewives Happy Hour with AJ.